0: Grace to you and peace from God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peter sat on the shore, numb. That's the way I like to picture Peter in this moment. In this moment of time. He had been through a roller coaster of emotions of sorts. I mean, on the one hand, it wasn't all that long ago that he was sitting having his Passover meal with his Lord, with Jesus. And then shortly after that, Jesus is betrayed. But even worse, in the midst of that betrayal, in the midst of the time when Jesus was at his lowest point, Peter denies him. And he knows it. But before he can turn, before he really even fully grasp all that He has done, it's too late. Jesus is dead. And He's stuck with it. He's stuck with that guilt, that grief, that knowledge that He never even got to say He was sorry. He never even got to tell Jesus that He had made a mistake. It all went so fast. And once you're dead, you're dead. But Jesus... Well, Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead on the third day. And then he even appears to the disciples two times, but both of them were quick. Both of them were the, the kind of moments where Jesus appears. He says some things. He breathes on them, and then he, and then he leaves. Not a chance to sit and really talk. Not really a chance to to have a big big dialogue. Not a chance to even sit there and say, look, I did this, I made a mistake, I'm sorry. None of that. And so Peter sits there at the shore. Numb. He's at a crossroads of sorts. He's got to choose what happens next. What his next steps are. He can't really follow Jesus. He doesn't even know where Jesus is. And so what's he supposed to do next? Is he supposed to go back to what he used to do, being a fisherman, going out with a boat and a net and and trying to catch fish for a living? Is that what he's supposed to do? Where is he supposed to go next? And so he does what I think any of us really would do. He decides to do what, well, at least at the moment anyway, was comfortable. Him and a few of his other disciples that are gathered there, they go and they go fishing you see because that's what he used to do that's what he's used to doing he was practically raised to do that it's something he understands he gets and I think I think while there's no possible way for us to truly grasp all the things that Peter is going through because he is just going through so much at the very least I think we can, can somewhat empathize on a very basic level Because, you see, we've all been there at one point or another, haven't we? We've all been there where we have a very important decision to make and we're kind of numb. We have to make this call. We have to make this decision. It's on our shoulders. And so we take comfort in doing one of those things that we're just used to doing. Maybe it's the call for for what college you're going to go to. That's always the one we run to, isn't it? The important decision of what college, or or whether you're going to go to college at all. Maybe you would rather go a trade route and do a trade school. Or maybe you want to work as an apprentice and work underneath something and learn a skill. Whatever the decision is, it falls on your shoulders. But the reality is, is that there are so many more of these decisions than just college. Who are you going to be friends with? Who are you going to stay friends with? What clubs and groups are you going to get involved with? How are you going to do certain things and what are you going to do? But even more than just that, even as you get older, each and every passing decision that falls on your shoulders tends to take that weight, especially as you get older and you begin to realize that your decisions and what you decide ultimately impact not just you and not just your future, but also the future of your family. The future of your spouse, of your kids, the future of your parents. But the decision falls on you. You have to make the call. This is where Peter's at as he decides to go fishing. We heard the story. Jesus appears yet again. A miraculous catch of fish happens And they drag them to shore. And Jesus is there. But it's not like the other times. It's not like the other times where Jesus appears, says some things, and then leaves. This time he stays with them. Jesus eats breakfast with them. He eats breakfast with Peter. And finally, Peter has a chance to talk. To really, really talk. And I don't know whether Peter even had the fact that he had denied Jesus three times on his mind or if he had almost completely forgotten about it over complete and utter joy that he was experiencing right then, right there with Jesus. But either way, Jesus brings it up, but he doesn't do it in a real confrontational way. He doesn't just sit Peter down and say, yo, you denied me three times. He doesn't say that. He looks at Peter and he says, do you love me? And he does it three times. Peter denied him three times. Jesus asked him the question three times. Do you love me? And he also gives Peter direction. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. See, you're no longer a fisherman. Now you are somebody who's going to tend my sheep. You're going to feed my sheep. In this discussion with Jesus, a lot of things are answered. He is given a chance to express his love for Christ. He is given a chance to find direction in the very words of our Lord as he talks to him and tells him where he should go and what he should do. In our own experience, we don't get to sit by a campfire and eat fish with our risen Lord and Savior. But we do have his word. We do have Holy Scripture. We do have our prayers. We can talk to our Heavenly Father. We can talk to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And in those moments, in those really tough moments, those moments where the defi- decision falls squarely on our shoulders, may we all be like Peter and have that chance, that opportunity to discuss things with our Lord, to read His Holy Word, to pray about things, to seek His guidance and His direction. Oh, it might not be as clear-cut as we wish it would be, but yet we have so many callings in our world, we have so many callings in our life, we need our Lord. We need our God to direct us and to guide us through His Word and through Him and what He does. We've been called in so many aspects of life, but it's not just life either, is it? It's also the church. Here at church, we have all been given gifts. We have all been given wonderful things that we can share. Not just, not just to build up ourselves, as Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians, but to build up one another, to strengthen each other, to endure with one another in faith. Yes, we have all been given gifts to utilize for the sake and the benefit of our church now I don't know what those gifts are but we have all been called in a sense we have all been given a vocation in a sense in the church a calling maybe that calling is to help with the technology or maybe that calling is to help with the ushering or maybe that calling is the gift of your voice and the beauty of your song or maybe maybe that calling is one of prayer where you can take a moment and pray for those that so desperately need it. Where you can take a moment to pray for those that are also in the midst of a struggle, of a calling, who needs to know answers and who needs direction. There are so many ways that we can build each other up, that we can build up the church, that we can come together as Christ's church but in all things, we seek direction from our Lord, from our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. From the risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who talked to Peter, gave him direction. Who gave chance of Pete, uh, to Peter to express that love that he had for his Lord. May we all receive direction from God. May we all, may we all received so much from our Lord through prayer, through devotion, through word. In his name, amen. And now may the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.